two hobbits. Two hobbits. Two, two hobbits. hobbits. Two hobbits. And welcome back to the Two Hobbits podcast. My name is Jonesy and I am a hobbit. And I'm Joshua and I'm a hobbit. We were talking earlier and we both felt that the last few episodes, um, yeah, we haven't, we, we've, we've been kind of straying away and, and we haven't really been our usual hobbity selves. So we're really going to try and focus back on just what it means to be a hobbit and, uh, and yeah, so, yeah. And we, so we should like apologize that. to the listeners. We maybe it's the new year, maybe mm-hmm. new year, new us, new hobbits. I don't know, but we just haven't been our usual jovial hobbity selves. And especially mm-hmm. last episode, I have to apologize for because I know I kind of uh, buttered up my podcast host with some swear words. <laughs> well, and 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 I also feel I feel a uh, uh, little sheepish that um, maybe that imperial stout aged in bourbon casks maybe maybe that uh got a little bit too much to my head and i was i was acting out of hobbit character too so um but but yeah so 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 what if we um uh you know new episode new leaf new brew here in our hobbit goblets so so why don't we why don't we even dive into that right now and so yeah in my in my hobbit goblet uh this is from flying dog uh either brewery or brewing company um, and this is their Bloodline Blood Orange Ale. Bloodline Blood Orange Ale. Okay. Yeah. And uh, they have um, these really kind of interesting and wacky uh, watercolor uh, uh, paintings of various dogs. And this has a Dalmatian on it. And uh, it has some nice uh, pictures of oranges. And uh, uh, yeah. It's it's I I've had a couple sips and it's and it's and it's pretty darn good. It's pretty darn good. So, all right, good deal. Yeah. Well, what do you and have with um, you there? so in my Hobbit's goblet, I know we just talked about how we're going to be reformed Hobbits, but I will be frank with you, Joshua. I'm a bit depressed because uh, the Green Bay Packers lost the NFC Championship tonight. Oh yeah. Oh, and I know I'm dating this episode, but it's fine. It doesn't matter because if you yeah. if you read the you know clues, you'll you'll get it. Our listeners yeah. are intelligent, but. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of going to go hard. I've got a big old gin and tonic and on deck. Mm-hmm. I have got a Christmas happy. Okay. So let me try this again. A Merry Christmas. Happy New Year from Anchor Brewing. I don't oh, know wow. what it is. I've never had it, but nothing like discounted Christmas beer in your liquor store. <laughs> well, it sounds, it sounds really promising. So, yeah. um, well, and, and Anchorage gets some pretty good distribution i bet i could find something like that over in no no uh anchor just like regular like a boat anchor oh yeah oh oh they're out of san francisco if it matters Mm. yeah well i don't know if i I, i'm sure if they have a like one of the really big specialty um uh beer and liquor and wine stores uh, maybe i could find something like that but yeah maybe but, but anyway that's for later for right now i'm i'm looking forward to um yeah, just to, just to hanging out and, and being hobbits together. And Jonesy, it sounded like there was a, a topic that you really wanted to get into tonight. Well, I, I figure their Josh show returned to form. It is the new year, new us, mm-hmm. and you know, so forth. And I want to talk about something that I don't think we've really gotten into ever. Um, I want to talk about unicorns. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Because that. I cannot think of a milder, tamer, more happy, mellow creature to kind of start off our new year, new us hobbits, and 
we'll kind of go from there and it might get a little bit weird. It might not. It's going to get weird, but yeah. it'll be a fun weird. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a fun weird. Yeah. It'll be a hobbity weird. Yeah. A hobbity weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Perfect. So number one, cheers, good buddy. Oh, yes. Cheers. Cheers, of course. Take take a little sip. Mm, gin and tonic. Mm. Just like grandma I, used to make. Yeah. I, I really like uh, gin and tonics. They're really good. How's that blood orange? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. Pretty good. The, the thing that I'm always kind of cautious about with any kind of uh, fruit beer or fruit ale is it's either like way in your face, up your nostrils, um, <laughs> blueberry or whatever, um, yeah. or it's or it's like almost non-existent. Um, but this one is th- th- this one's definitely leaning more on the subtler side. And yeah, it's okay. it's it's pretty tasty. Good deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Lacroix flavors. I think I have heard described as like yeah. a, a wind blew over a lime tree at some point. There's yeah. your lemon lime flavor. <laughs> yeah. Somebody whispered to an orange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The uh, I think the the batteries drained on this strawberry or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I had a packet of Gushers that I left in the sun. They leaked on my dashboard. The leak dripped down into my Taco Bell cup, and now I've got Baja Gushers. Lacroix. 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 Yeah. Anyway, no, silly French words aren't what we're here for, even though it sort of kind of will be a little bit later. But yeah, Josh, Joshua, let's let's talk about unicorns. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you know about them? Uh, Give me if 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 I, if you told me Jonesy, I walked out of my hobbit hole this morning and I saw a unicorn. How would it look to you? It would be, um, I think, almost almost definitely um, would have a white coat and a long flowing tail and a long mane. Um, maybe it's braided or maybe it's just combed out very nicely. Um, and this spiraling, glimmering horn coming out of its forehead. And it's very gentle and very peaceful. And maybe there's a little rainbow. Maybe there's, <laughs> um, maybe there's some like angels singing off in the background. Maybe there's a beam of sun, sunshine, uh, sunlight uh, nearby or on it. So yeah, that's, those are things that come to mind. Uh, okay. For me with unicorns. Yeah, no, I, I think you pretty much nailed it. A, a white, pure looking, mm-hmm. like, not to say white and pure in the same sentence, whatever. Um, <laughs> but like, no, white, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it would have a long flowing mane and a big twisty horn. And that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's essentially a unicorn. And well, yeah, you, you nailed it. That's pretty much it. I have found that they are only, I think, I guess they are exclusively white. Okay. As I, as I have kind of come to understand it through, like, at least in the medieval European depictions. Right. Like, we're going to shake it up. That was also what I was going to say. Yeah like, yeah, like, like definitely sort of medieval uh, fantasy setting, which makes sense because, again, we're two hobbits. Um, two hobbits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, absolutely. And that's where, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll just start at the bottom. Uh, the first unicorns appeared in depictions of Indus, in the uh, Indus Valley civilizations. They started appearing in these little uh, seals, mm-hmm. and it was just a little carved stone seal of a, it looked like a horse with a single horn, and these seals were used to kind of denote wealth or riches or this is the upper crust. Mm. And so then we're going to go ahead and jump forward in time a little bit to uh, 
the Greeks. I think you know them, right, Joshua? Yes, yes, I have. I have heard of them. Yeah, and our our first description of a unicorn comes from a gentleman named, and I'm going to say this wrong because Greek is will always elude me. Is it Tessius? Oh, uh, with the with the with the C, C? in the front. Yeah. yeah, or is it Statasius? Or I don't know. Yeah, my understanding is you kind of try to say both the C and the T, like just a real quick like Catesius, Catesius, something like that. Um, so yeah. is it a is it a K C sound or is it an S C sound? Do you know? It's so um, if it's if it's if it's Greek, I got I don't know because I'm thinking of Cyrillic yeah. making the C as an S, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, so. The C is probably like the Romanized or the Latinized uh, letter Kappa, and Kappa always makes a hard, like a hard okay. K sound. Yeah. Okay. And cool. it gets, and, and I know, um, yeah, Greek pronunciation, both in the instances where they have like strings of six or seven continents, uh, uh, six or seven <laughs> consonants together, because I've seen those. I've seen those. Those get really crazy. Um, and yeah, I, uh, Greek comes to English a lot through Latin. And so sometimes the, yeah, like the cap is turned into the letter C and then we in English were like, well, is that a hard C or a soft C? And it's just kind of, it's a whole thing, but anyway, it's yeah. a whole thing. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Anyway, we'll call him Ctesias. Yeah. Ctesias. And I'm only going to say his name like five more times. So it's all yeah. good. Uh, he first described them in his book, uh, Indica, hmm. which is not a strain of weed or a, or, or a form of weed. <laughs> Instead, I guess it means in the ancient or in the old Greek on India, right? Yeah, yeah. Give it's or probably take. the it's probably the uh, uh, genitive form, which would mean like of India or regarding India. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and 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 one thing we should point out is like at the time that he had written this, he was getting all of this information secondhand while he lived in uh, Persepolis in Persia, right? Mm, okay. Which also has bas relief sculptures of unicorns. Oh, so I, cool. I, I kind of found that to be fun. Yeah. But so he relates this account of an Indian ass. Okay, so this um, comes from Indica in the 5th century uh, BCE. And uh, yeah, Joshua, I sent you a bit of text if you want to go ahead and yes. uh, fire it up. In India, there are wild asses not as large as horses or even larger. Their body is white, their head dark red, their eyes bluish, they have a horn in their forehead about a cubit in length, uh, which is quite white. The middle is black. The upper part, which terminates in a point, is a very flaming red. Those who drink out of cups made from it are proof against convulsions, epilepsy, and even poison, provided that, that before or after having taken it, they drink some wine or water or other liquid out of these cups. These animals are very strong and swift. Neither the horse nor any other animal can overtake them. At first they run slowly, but the longer they run, their pace increases wonderfully and becomes faster and faster. Yeah. Okay, so right there, there it, that sounds kind of like a unicorn to me. It's, it's got yeah. a weird, the, the red head and the blue eyes are kind of weird to me, but, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe a little different. Maybe a little different. But, but, but again, like, you know, uh, horses, horses come in different kind of coats and stuff like that. Who knows? Maybe there's some something with this region that the... Uh, Unicorn first started off with this kind of difference, and then over time, maybe it changed. Yeah, yeah, and I also want to point out a cubit is uh, 34 inches, so 
It's about a three foot horn sticking out of the head yeah, of this bad geez. Larry. It, that's considerable. Like that is, yeah. That's that's um, yeah. That's that's not like a little stump or anything. No, that's a that is a full on. That horn. that's a horn. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's open for business. Yeah. <laughs> and so then, yeah, he he goes on to descri- to describe the uh, method of capture. If you would, if you would be my Huckleberry Joshua. There is only one way of catching them. When they take their young to feed, if they are surrounded by a large number of horsemen, being unwilling to abandon their foals, they show fight, but with their horns kick, bite, and kill many men and horses. They are at last taken after they have been pierced with arrows and spears, for it is impossible to capture them alive. Their flesh is too bitter to eat, and they are only hunted for the sake of the horn and hucklebones. Which I found weird. Yeah. Again and again, it's the, the you were with unicorns. Later on, we'll get into it a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's it's the horn is the thing you're after. No one ever talks about like eating unicorn meat, right? Yeah. Or like drinking unicorn blood, which I know was a thing in Harry True. Potter, but we're not going to talk about it. No, him. we're not going to talk about it because we all know he was just drinking uh, mercury. Right. Exactly. Out of that puddle. Exactly. That was just straight up mercury. It was a natural spring of mercury that that unicorn happened to fall by. Yeah, no. <laughs> and Voldemort drank it and <laughs> tripped nuts. <laughs> oh, refreshing. <laughs> this is this is the Dark Lord Voldemort. He's he's just seizing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, well, and this is also funny, and and I hate to uh, maybe anticipate something that you're going to say later, Jonesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at least from what little I kind of know about unicorns, um, I think in a lot of the medieval traditions, um, like the only way to, well, and not even capture it, but even to like see one or get near one is, I think you had to put like a like a young maiden. A young virgin. Oh, we'll we'll get there. Oh, okay, Joshua. okay, we'll okay, okay perfect, yeah. perfect. And so, yeah, yeah. So, so then I'll leave that point for later, uh, and just say that, um, yeah, this one you have to you have to do battle with it and know that it's a battle to the grisly end because not only uh, will the unicorn kill many men and horses and uh, butt you with their horns and uh, kick and bite, uh, but then. It's not like you you're able to throw a rope around him. Like no, you have you just have to kill it. You just have to kill it. Yeah, but that's it. Like it's not a you can't take it alive. You're you are going to kill this unicorn. Yeah, it's so, yeah, it's the unicorn or you. Um, one of you, and you're going to kill it in front of its children. Apparently, that's the other thing too. Like how kind of good lord? <laughs> yeah, how kind of messed up is that? It's like when you're at your most vulnerable and giving all the young unicorn. Uh, foals like all these like traumatic memories like that's that's when Mama, you go are you sure it's safe to go into the grove today Ooh, of course my child none shall come to us today oh no yeah. it's people well, yeah, and, and then no wonder no wonder they like and absolutely then go crazy yeah we yeah. we we go all bambi on this unicorn yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also wanted to point out that a hucklebone, it's just it's it, it it's it's anorexic hip bones. That's all it is. It's it, it's pointy hip bones. Oh, uh, think of greyhounds. Greyhounds oh, have hucklebones. Okay, I was gonna. And that's guess. one thing that 
Tasius pointed out often was how lovely a unicorn's hucklebone is. Interesting. I was gonna guess and like it, their hooves or something, but no, I guess that also makes sense. That's what I thought. I didn't know. I googled it. I looked up a uh, hucklebone. Mm. Hucklebone is a British children's fashion magazine, and now I think I'm on a whole different list than I was from just you know unicorn research. But <laughs> hey, we're we are doing this research so you guys don't yeah, have to. Exactly. Hucklebones are hip bones. They're they're they're. Pointy, skinny hip bones. Okay. Just you don't have to go any further than that, because yeah. God, children's fashion is gross. Yeah, there's something wrong with it. I oh man, like little like like little boys in like three piece suits and like it's little weird. girls and like not quite prom dresses, but I would call it like mm-hmm. a bridesmaids dress, yeah. maybe sort of kind of. I don't yeah. I don't know. There's something I, un- uncanny about it. Well, and that's even something, I guess, kind of related to that. Uh, the the Mrs. Hobbit. She loses her mind with all the old Navy commercials that have um, adults and children doing these synchronized dance routines. And yeah, she she hates it. She's like, there's something not right. Like little kids shouldn't be dancing that coordinated. Um, Like this whole routine wearing uh, old Navy denim or whatever. It's just not right. It's not right. And I old Navy rugby sweaters. Yeah. And I and I tend to agree. There's just something weird to see, like a seven-year-old popping and locking just as good as the 30-year-old dude standing next to him. There's just something not quite right about that. Anyway. 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 Okay. Well, yeah. Then these, man, these unicorns are painting quite a bit different of a picture than what I first described. Wow. Just a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So moving a little bit forward in history to 340. 343 BCE, uh, Aristotle, mm-hmm. uh, he described occurrences of an, uh, something called an oryx, which is an antelope, and they have uh, a super straight horn. Mm, okay. So it can kind of like give the depiction of uh, of a single horn, but those are still an upright horn. It's not like the unicorn that comes off like the 45-degree yeah. angle. Right. Right, right, right. But he also mentions Indian asses. Interesting. Well, and he with, has... That have one horn. Mm-hmm. Willing to bet this is even the source that you're talking about. He has a pretty famous book on essentially like early like biology. Um, and yes. it's like something on like on animals or something like that. I, I forget the, the title, but um, mm-hmm. there was one, one of, uh, he had a really funny note about sharks in that book, but I can't remember it right now. <laughs> It was something about- I think I I think I read his and as I was like going through all this stuff I I want to say I read Aristotle's like oh yours yours is boring yeah. but he did mention but the, that was the thing was he did talk about Indian asses with a single horn okay okay and so that's why I feel I, that's why I felt that it was kind of important to bring it up mm. Mm. and so then we're gonna jump ahead um, to AD twenty four okay all right there was a there there was a guy named uh, and I, I again I don't know if I'm saying this right Strabo. Strabo? Yeah. yeah. Strabo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he talked about one-horned horses with stag's head, and they lived in the Caucasus Mountains. And if you want to go ahead and take that one away there, Josh, from Strabo's geography. Megasthenes says that the men who inhabit the Caucasus have intercourse with the women in the open, and that they eat the bodies of their kinsmen, and that the monkeys are stone rollers, and haunting precipices roll stones down upon their pursuers. And that most of the animals which are tame in our country are wild in theirs. And he mentions horses with one horn and the head of a deer, and reeds some straight up thirty fathoms in length, 
and others lying flat on the ground 50 fathoms and so large that some are three cubits and others six in diameter. So a goofy passage to be sure, mm -hmm. but I kind of like the idea of that framing device. He's talking about like in the Caucasus, you have these people that are just going out in the fields and they're, they're picking their own rosy cottons, if you mm -hmm. if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and he's talking about monkeys up on the hilltops that roll rocks into the into gorges to kill stuff, which, okay, maybe. Yeah. And then I think he talks about giant trees, but the one that stuck out to me was stags with one, or horses with one horn mm -hmm. and heads of deer. Yeah. It sticks out. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, that's... And yes, you, 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 and, and I mean, like, you and I have the benefit of living in the modern era. Right. And we know that, you know, you can have uh, caribou that will grow a single horn. But I'm going to go ahead and guess that caribou weren't distributed in the Caucasus. I, I think that's a fair, yeah, I, that's, uh, animal geography is not my uh, strong suit. But yeah, I, I think that's a fair statement to make that they're probably not, uh, located in, in that, in that region. Yeah. And it is, and, and it is just, um, like quirky of enough and, and so specific that, yeah, there may be, there's maybe something to it. Like, yeah, yeah. like the, there's yeah. something yeah. like, like somebody saw something once that, and then he couldn't get it out of his mind. And so he, and so this story like got told on and on and on. Yeah, no, totally. Well, and I almost wonder, too, if it – I feel like there's a certain prudishness, especially in that first line of people just, you know, mm -hmm. getting down in open in open fields. Yeah. And then obviously what's secondary to getting down in the open, oh, that's cannibalism. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I wonder if it wasn't kind of like some I, – I, I guess you could call it a racist notion or something. Well, that – And then maybe he's embellishing something, yeah. but at the same time – yeah, no, he's talking about monkeys rolling rocks down to kill stuff, and then deer with single horns. Mm -hmm. No, that that's and then what? Right. I, what sounds to me like redwood trees. Yeah, I, when he was describing just how big those are, yeah, those absolutely sound like redwood. Because that'd be nine feet. In, that'd be just shy of nine feet in diameter. If they're six, if they're three cubits in diameter. Oh yeah, and then. Yeah. So. Yeah, however. Yeah. I. Uh, well. Uh, or just giant. I don't know. There, giant I know something. there are also bigger than redwood trees, mm -hmm. but. Something that is obviously alien and foreign to him. Mm -hmm. well, and, and I was going to yeah. say, I was going to comment just on that. Yeah, there's there's, um, there's a pretty common um, sort of understanding of the world for the Greeks where it, it is. It's sort of like, you know, um, uh, uh, Greece and the islands and the Mediterranean. That's more or less kind of like the center of their world, their known world. And then as you get further and further away from that... And things, and and I know this sounds kind of brutal to us again, like now, but us having a different understanding that they did, like the further and further you get out to, like the wilds in the wilderness, literally, that's what it is. That's when, that's when, yeah, things become kind of monstrous, and uh, like in this description, like the people become more animal-like, and. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like other animals. Well, there's even that whole line, right? That most of the animals which are tame in our country are, are wild in theirs. And so th that is a pretty common idea in a lot of Greek thinking. Even um, so one of the first historians was this guy named Herodotus. And, and yeah, he, mm -hmm. he wrote the first histories. And, and, and it, it kind of sounds like he and uh, 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 Strabo here have a similar kind of writing style because a lot of Herodotus is, yeah, this dude heard it from somebody else. And then he goes on and says like, um, it's all kind of secondhand. Yeah. And it's all secondhand. And it, it also follows this pattern of the further you get 
either north or east or south or west of Greece, uh, yeah, things get th- things get goofy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But you, okay, so you know, it, 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 we it, he talks about uh, the animals that we have tame or not tame there. Mm-hmm. So do you think it's the opposite and like gorillas are like their, their plow horse <laughs> or, or elephants are, are dogs to the, it's a, it's a, a chef from George of the jungle. He's yeah. got a tame elephant who's just <laughs> essentially his dog, but they see a golden retriever and lose their minds because it's raiding the village and going to kill five people. Yeah. No, no, exactly. Well, and, and, and even, <laughs> Oh my God, it's ducks run. <laughs> Well, and there's actually, um, to, to, to very quickly go back to Herodotus, there's a really kind of quaint story, although also kind of morbid now that I think about it, that I think that I think <laughs> speaks exactly to what you're talking about there, Jonesy. So it's uh, one of the Persian kings. One day he's entertaining some, some Greeks. He's having some Greeks over at a banquet. And then also um, he has some people from India over at a banquet. And they're talking about okay. the various customs and all that. And he... Um, uh, turns to the uh, uh, Greek people visiting, and he says, "What would you think hypothetically that um, when 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 someone dies, you um, perform some sort of ritual cannibalism?" And 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 mm. the Greeks say, "Like, oh, that's atrocious. What, what are you talking about? That's like that's like profane." And the Persian king's like, oh, "Okay, fair enough. Well, and and then hey, you people visiting from India, what what would you think if?" Uh, when someone dies, you you uh, burned their remains, their body, and then the, mm-hmm. the Indians are like, "No, what are you talking about? That's that, that'd be awful." And, and he says, and, and then the Persian king is like, "Oh, and that's and, and what does that say about like, I guess sort of the the human condition, because the Greeks burn their corpses, and that's the like proper and religiously pious way to dispose of, of a corpse, <clears throat> and and yet the Indians." They they kind of go through this sort of cannibalism, the, the, the small act of, act of cannibalism, and that to them is like what, what what's the like uh, proper way to, um, the, the proper way to, to treat huh. the dead, and so like in that little anecdote is I think kind of what you're talking about. I'm sure the people who have the like trained, uh, well not even trained, but yeah like the sapient gorillas um, doing the gardening mm-hmm. or whatever would be like, look at those barbarians like using horses to plow a field what, what kind of backwoods yokels would do something like that <laughs> they've got four legs what's holding the tools <laughs> perfect <laughs> oh man that's interesting yeah, i like that, that. Is. that's i i could imagine us even doing at some point yeah do, doing a deep dive into Herodotus, because he has some he has some pretty pretty fun stories to get into. But right now, we're right talking on. about yeah. a really fun yeah, story, yeah. really fun topic, and that is unicorns. Just, just dumb, <laughs> just dumb fun. <laughs> nah, that's great. Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, so moving on, we we next ha- we next come to a, a Pliny or Pliny, uh, Pliny, Pliny's. whatever. Yeah, I think I've heard Pliny more often, but but again, anymore it's What's a crap the Worst way I could pronounce this. Yeah. Uh, Pliny yeah, the old Pliny. elder, the elder, <laughs> Pliny the elder, he also described oryx and Indian asses. Mm-hmm. Cut to Josh. The Orsayan Indians hunt down a kind of ape, which has the body white all over, as well as a very fierce animal called the monoceros, which has the head of the stag, 
the feet of the elephant, and the tail of the boar, while the rest of the body is like that of the horse. It makes a deep, lowing noise, and has a single black horn which projects from the middle of its forehead two cubits in length. The animal, it is said, cannot be taken alive. Jeez. So number one, 68 inches. Mm-hmm. But also, you already called it, and, and even you said it, you said it kind of, so I, in my head, I have been reading Monoceros, mm. which is weird, but the way that you said it was Monoceros, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a rhinoceros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it has yeah. the same, uh, yeah, uh, 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 mono meaning one, Seros, uh, uh, yeah. or I guess, and, and this is actually even perfect of that whole like C or K sound. Um, yeah, I think. Because it's from, it's from Keros, yeah. right? For uh, Keros. Exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah, like horn. And then, yeah, the rhinoceros, uh, rhino is the Greek word for nose. So a rhinoceros is just a nose horn. Nose horn. Nose horn. I I like that the Greeks were kind of doing like proto-space mutiny even back in the day. (laughs) No, it's literally what it is. Ah, river hippo. All of their... Ah, (laughs) nose horn. This blew my mind. Okay. uh, So elephant, Mm -hmm. and it it even talks about this, this animal, the... Monoceros has has the feet of of, of an elephant. The Greek word uh, for ivory is elephas. Really, and elephant is like thing thing that has ivory. <laughs> and yeah, that is so cool. And, and yeah, when I when I when I learned the etymology of elephant for the first time, I was like, holy cow! It's been there all along, and I didn't even know. <laughs> but it is. It is. It's like. It's like, oh, here's a thing that has this ivory stuff. Let's call it a, an, an elephant. Here's a thing with a nose horn. Let's call it a nose horn. <laughs> and like for dinosaur names too, that, that's, that's where I get all, all the dinosaur names. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tyrannosaurus Rex is Tyrant Lizard mm-hmm. King. Like, yeah. 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 And, and, and like, yeah, it's, it's even like all these like Germans in the 1800s, like being like, oh, we just discovered this thing. What should we call it? Well, what is the Greek word for this and this? And they said, like, oh, pterodactyl, finger, finger feather. Oh, ho, ho, ho. And that's what they would do. Yeah. Yeah, that is good, yeah. Yeah, that is very good. Very good. Yeah. Oof, look at this thing. It's so big. It's better. It sounded like thunder. Oof, Brontosaurus. Yeah, yeah vol is good. Brontosaurus. Yeah. Oh, we are so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. so clever and, and good boys. <laughs> Oof, up high, Hans. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our three new German yeah. listeners. Guten, uh, willkommen. Guten Abend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and, and so, and, and that's where it gets weird to me is it sort of starts to break down. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm also. Because all of these, they're already rhinos. I'm already calling those rhinos. Everything I've read, uh, they call it, they call them um, aurochs, not, um, yeah. not Indian asses, not. The uh, Oryx, but Aurochs, which are an extinct breed of cattle. They, yeah. they used to exist. I guess they were like cow 2.0 that we somehow just stopped letting be alive. They're like the Damascus steel of yes, beef, ex- I no. think. We forgot how oh, to man. make them. Perfect... It was the best we could do, mm-hmm. and then we lost the ability to do we it. We forgot technology. how. That's a perfect But every analogy. now and then, like, you'll see on the internet, like, somebody does have, like, a type of preserved DNA strain mm-hmm. of an aurochs, and it is just a big cow steer bull, whatever. But it's got the big like lopy horns, and it it's just a big. It, it's beef two point. Yeah, no, I I think that's perfect. Or, yeah. or even like beef point point 
or oh point two because it was like the like pre precursor to like the modern modern day yeah it was the bigger bulkier slower except if after you got it going that was <laughs> yeah, great that was that, so, so now that start boot was a real bear. Cat. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now I'm picturing like, like a caveman, Steve jobs type. We know that you like aurochs, but we're excited. No, no, do, do it like a damn caveman. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> we know you excited about aurochs. Now Apple, <laughs> Apple tech invent aurochs 2.0 streamline more, more milk. Let's let's stomp. You want buy earphones for Arak? We we remove uh microphone jack. <laughs> and, and, then, and then like all of the other like cavemen who are like chiseling into stone tablets, they they go ape crazy, go and, like break break it all down. <laughs> New Thank you. you <laughs> Ah! New cow have <laughs> twice twice process milking power. Get more milk, but less beef is more okay. Milk, we beef. are Indian. It is eventually. It is it is greener for environment. <laughs> Lothar, Lothar of the hill people. <laughs> We're just doing Lothar of the hill people. I am also really struck uh, by the similarities of what uh, Pliny was writing with uh, Catesius. And and who knows, maybe because, um, yeah, these things were being written down and people knew about them and read about them. So who knows, maybe I, I'm not full on a, a, accusing him of plagiarism, but this also kind of sounds like a like a game of telephone where it's like, oh, well. I, I I read this in a thing or I read this in something that cited this other thing. And so we can still see maybe a bit of a lineage in what this animal is. So essentially he was just like the first podcaster. Yeah, exactly. Because I read all of this on something else and now I'm giving it to you to like give out as true. And that's how human knowledge works, people. Well, okay. But so even too, like, so Catasius uh, wrote that in the fifth century, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Aristotle wrote his, I guess, a hundred, maybe we'll call it one hundred fifty years mm-hmm. later, but then Strabo was at uh, twenty four A.D. Like, yeah, Jesus hadn't quite been killed yet, but yeah, but it was it, he was. It, there's, de- I feel like there's definitely a, a shift in a what do you call it, a, a education or consciousness? You know what I mean? No, I'm so I'm actually, I think I'm gonna spend a good deal of my uh, dissertation kind of writing about this stuff because yeah, like. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, if I'm if I'm and I don't want to get into it too much because who knows? Maybe I'll propose this thing and then my advisor will say, "No, this is dumb. Don't don't write about that." <laughs> or they're listening to this and they go, uh, "You need to talk it, about this." But yeah, it, it's basically like, um, yeah, like how all of these, not all these things, how some of these things that were written down, um, yeah, in like the fifth fifth century fourth century uh bc like 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 tracing okay well this copy led to this and then this copy led to that and then we had to like reconstruct it because the library at alexandria uh fell apart or or whatever and and yeah that's exactly it there's this whole group of um uh kind of scholar poets in egypt uh, that are 
grabbing as many papyri as they can and frantically copying them down and trying to save all this knowledge. Because again, for us right now, it's like, oh, let me just Google this thing and I have knowledge at my fingertips. Whereas these guys were like, here's a delicate crumpled piece of papyrus. I better guard this with my life. <laughs> this is worth more than I and my children shall yeah. ever be. And it's people. Oh God, I dropped it in yeah. water. <laughs> yeah. What did it say? Okay, the Indian ass had a big yeah. old red head and uh, yeah. was white. And, Just like uh, blot it dry and roll it up and put it back. Nobody will know. Nobody will know. <laughs> this is like the early like coffee stain. Where it's like, is this a... Oh, you know. oh, Aristotle, what truth will you read to us from the ancient dictums? Oh, yes, and he opens the scroll. Time to drink your Ovaltine. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's so good. <laughs> but yeah, as I as I to, to to me round off that topic. Um, yes, because yeah, yes, it, yes, it, yes, it talks about um, talks about the single black horn, right? So like the colors mm -hmm, kind of the same. Mm -hmm. One cubit, two cubits, plus or minus plus or minus a cubit. The animal can't be taken alive. Like there's so many uh, echoes. That's the two. big one. It can't be taken yeah. alive. Like there, are, there are so many again and again, it talks about how angry, how dangerous this thing mm -hmm. is. And so, uh, uh, yeah, me, me, Mark the Hobbit with the advent of twenty twenty one knowledge goes. That's a rhino, you idiot. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't know what. Maybe maybe it wasn't. Yeah, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was. We 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 can only go off the evidence that we have, and that's kind of the fun. Yes. Thing. Because that's, in, in a lot of ways, that's kind of freeing. It's like, okay, well, this is what they wrote. What does it mean? But it still gives, like, enough of, like, parameters that we feel like we can be smart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, okay, so one more mm. one more classic age I want to talk about. Or I guess whatever, classic age. You know yeah. what I mean? Um. So there's a guy, and I guess I could have put, I should have put this earlier, but whatever, I didn't. Yeah, so Strabo was at 24 AD. Mm -hmm. So, wow, what is that? Uh, 1,995 years ago, we right? Can, we can round that up to 2,000, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, no, that's weird. That is like, weird, man. So he wrote that in Lion King time. <laughs> the year the lion came out. Lion King came out. He wrote that, if that makes sense. <laughs> I know I'm not correlating the contents of my mind properly, but ooh. Ooh, time just got super weird for me, Joshua. Sorry. Okay. Anyway. anyway. Here we go. Back to it. <laughs> uh, there was a merchant named Cosmos Indicoplaustes mm -hmm. who in the 6th century, or, or, or he was from the 6th century uh, common era. So this is now the year 600, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. 500, yeah, yeah. 600? Uh, 500, yeah. yeah. 500, yeah. Um. He he made a trip to India, and so now figure like before India was a weird mythical land, and we didn't really the the Greeks didn't know so much. They got it, they got information from mm -hmm. India from the Persians yeah. secondhand always. But so here we are in five hundred, and and definitely like the world has gotten a lot smaller. Yeah. And uh, he made a voyage to India, and he wrote a description about sculptures in the palace of the king of Ethiopia. Okay. But he also told stories of this creature. And I'm going to go ahead and kick it to you, yeah. buddy. It is impossible to take this ferocious beast alive and that all of its strength lies in its horn. 
When it finds itself pursued and in danger of capture, it throws itself from a precipice and turns so aptly in falling that it receives all the shock upon the horn and so escapes safe and sound. And I hate that because it's like, okay, a cat always lands on its feet, mm. but you can't tell me that a giant horse beast with a three-foot yeah. horn sticking out of its head has cat-like reflexes so much so that it can land on the tip of its horn that absorbs all the impact, and then it just bounces up. It's like, I'm fine! <laughs> yeah, it, it would take quite a bit of aerial acrobatics. <laughs> and also, like, a cat is I also what? don't think that's how, like, physics right. works, right? Like <laughs> That's where I was going to go. Like, a cat is all of eight pounds. It's one thing to rotate eight pounds, like an eight-pound bowling ball <laughs> in the air. It's another to try and like flip a, a Honda Civic through the air so that it lands on <laughs> to land to land on a three point yeah, spine yeah like... that's not I'm uh, it, would, it would it would have to take I don't know like a lot of practice which now I'm just imagining like little baby unicorns jumping off a gully and trying to like practice landing on their horn <laughs> <laughs> the way that like baby birds have to yeah. learn how to fly the mom like kicks them out of the oh, and then like all around the valley, there's like dead baby <laughs> unicorns because the mom kicked them out too early. <laughs> do we cut off the horns? Nah, they're nubbies. They're they don't, no, do, they anything. don't do anything. Anyway. Or they're born as just three foot horns. But yeah, okay, so yeah. So he describes again mm-hmm. another thing that is impossible yep. to take. And we have a reoccurring theme of a single horned beast that may or may not have cloven hooves, that may or may not have elephant, I don't know what you call that, Yeah, feet, I don't know, elephant elephant feet, clods. Yeah. (laughs) It may or may not have hooves, Mm -hmm. but the important thing to note is there is a beast that lives, it's got a horn, and it's skinny sometimes because it's got those like poppin' huckle bones. (laughs) Or it's fat. It gets weird. It gets so yeah. weird. Because, again, I think they're talking about rhinos. I just yeah. I just think that, I think that these are some Greek dudes who maybe they saw. And, and again, well, distribu- like uh, uh, geo- geographic distribution of animals was a lot different 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Like, they, they, they talk about how there were giraffes in America up until, like, 150, what, what, 1,500 years ago or something insane? Mm-hmm. Like. Right. It's gross just how recently we had giraffes in America. Right, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So I don't think it's that big of a stretch to say that maybe there was a weird, maybe rhinos got, yeah, as, as far north as Persia, mm-hmm. whatever. Africa's not that far, I guess. Well, well, I don't know. Well, and, but. and there even is a, a specifically a, a species of Indian rhino. So there are rhinoceros. Yes. An, yeah, there yeah. are rhinoceroses. Rhinocery. Um, yeah. So, and who knows what sort of evolutionary, well, I mean, I guess a a couple thousand years isn't very long evolutionary wise, but still like if this is the first time. No, it's, it depends on the thing. Like it is more of about like the generations, but, but yeah, like if you saw this thing for the first time ever in your life, uh, yeah, I, I bet you would really get your noggin joggin. Yeah. But that too, I mean, what do, do you oh remember gosh. the first time you saw a moose? In the, like, have you seen a moose in the wild? Like, that is a mind-breaking yeah, is a, experience. Okay. And I, I just looked this up. So, so the yeah. so the scientific name for the Indian rhinoceros is uh-huh. rhinoceros unicornis. 
Oh my Make god. Make of that what you will. Make of that what you will. Joshua, we just cracked it. Yeah, We're at the bottom. Just did we <laughs> right now. Two Hobbits Podcast 2021. We done cracked yep. it. All right, everybody. Good night. We Christopher Columbus <laughs> this information that a lot of other people knew, but we're claiming it as our own. Gosh yeah. darn it. And uh, yeah. or if you take umbrage with that, we'll take it up with Carl Linnaeus uh, and you have to go back to 1758. So. Oh, I'll beat that yeah. nerd up. It's not our it's not our fault. It's uh, it's his deeds. Swedish. He knew Swedish. Yeah, that's right. He was Swedish. And I'm Swede. Linnaeus, you Swedish moon face prick. <laughs> Ooh, let me find I'm this so new mean. animal here. What shall I call it? Uh, bork, 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 bork. It's a unicorn. Yeah, no, that's it. That's even better. That's even better than like. No, no, lay it on me. You're going to do it. Do it, do it, do it. A friendly food, a coral and us. A friendly expedition and do India. Frizzy food. Look at it. Look at it. Ooh, a rhinoceros. Ooh. Rhinoceros. And then he pulls out an Arwell and beats it yeah. till the horn pops off. And Yavor Unicorn. I mean, Skull Unicorn. It wasn't. It wasn't just the Greeks, yeah. Joshua. That's that's what I want to point out today. Number one. Number one. Not just the not just the Greeks and the and the Indians and the and the Indus Valley civilizations. Because you know whatever they take the credit for everything. Those those bunch of nerds. Uh, Korean folklore holds that. Okay, and I, I, I just straight out of the gate. I realized this week that I have a giant gap in my knowledge and it exists in Korean folklore. <laughs> and I am sorry. It, it's all right, man. I'm a, I'm a jerk, but like, that's, yeah. you know, that's what we're doing this for too. Is like, we, we kind of want to learn stuff so that others can learn. So I am going to do like a deep dive into Korean folklore and literature and so forth. The first, I guess you could call it the first unified kingdom of what you could call proto-Korea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's something called uh, uh, Kuguryu, okay? All right. The very first king to unify this, like, sort of, like, set of nations into a thing was a guy named King Dongmyong, okay? All right, all right. And he unified uh, Kuguryu, which lasted from 277 BCE to 668 AD, or, or CE, whatever. I forgot my... I can't even make notes like a dick anymore because, like, I do BCE to, like, <laughs> eat a dick Jesus. But I'm like, oh, AD, Amino Domi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it went from uh, 277 BCE to 668 uh, Common Era. Okay. Which I think we can agree, what is that, 800 years yeah. of a kingdom. That's pretty solid, that's, give or take. That's pretty legit, yeah. But he, he is said to have rode a unicorn into battle often. Oh wow! Yeah, and so there's this. this it's a thing called it's it's called a uh, kirin, which you might recognize as uh, uh, Japanese beer or maybe Chinese yeah. beer, but kirin. Yeah. And the idea of the Korean unicorn, and I guess you could even call this the sort of like Asian focused unicorn, mm. is it's long. It has it tends to have a white body with a green type of head. 
It can be scaly, but it's also furry. Interesting. And it has the single horn, but that single horn can also kind of like branch and split a little bit. Interesting. So, so think of more like if a deer's horn was real rigid and straight, but it still had some points sticking off of it. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he was said to have ridden a unicorn, and I thought that was kind of fun. That's pretty cool. And then we get to the Jews and the Bible. Mm-hmm. And good Lord, the Jews talk about the unicorn so much. What? And I got to clarify, they talk about a thing called a rem, R-E apostrophe E-M. Okay. And again, I think this is the Indian ass and or the Aurochs, but they talk about it all the time. Hmm. I am going to give you, and this is all Old Testament, so figure this is all Jewish Talmud, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I am going to give you the crash course or the or the lightning round of times when the unicorn is talked about in the Bible. All right, so brace yourself. Right, ready. Numbers 23:22. God brought them out of Egypt. He hath as it were the strength of a unicorn. Numbers 24:8. God brought them forth out of Egypt. He hath as it were the strength of a unicorn. I don't know how the Bible breaks down in the books, but it seems like a weird overlap there. Deuteronomy, which you might remember as the jerkish, dickish book of the Bible that talks about, like, kill the gays and don't eat shellfish. His glory is like the firstling of his bullock, and his horns are like the horns of unicorns. With them he shall push the people together to the ends of the earth. Job 39, verse 9 through 12. Will the unicorn be willing to serve thee, or abide by thy crib? Canst thou bind the unicorn with his band in the furrow? Or will he harrow the valleys after thee? Wilt thou trust him because his strength is great? Or wilt thou leave thy labor to him? Wilt thou believe him that he will bring home thy seed and gather into thy barn? Psalms 22:21. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of unicorns. Psalm 29:6. He maketh them the cedars of Lebanon, also skip like the calf, Lebanon and Syrian, like a young unicorn. Psalms 92.10 But my horn shalt exalt thee like the horn of the unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. And finally in Isaiah 34 verse 7 And the unicorn shall come down with them and the bullocks with their bowls and their land shall be soaked with blood and their, mat- land- and their dust made fat with fatness. Hmm. So there you go. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Lightning round. Oh, that's great. And again, it's a thing called the the REM, mm-hmm. but I I don't know. It well, it's yeah, weird because there's also a thing, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I know I'm saying this one wrong because my my ancient uh, Hebrew is just <laughs> trash. A little rusty. Yeah. The tahash, mm. which is allegedly a domesticated single horned kosher creature that existed in the time of Moses. What? That's awesome. Okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's a... Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. But then, and so here's where it gets really weird. There is also, according to Morris J. Strauss' Talmudic Dictionary, a thing called a Koresh, which is a kind of antelope or unicorn... And let's just take a second and think about our weird religious people in America. There was a dude named David Koresh. <gasps> I, 
Maybe I am making too much of a poll because I think that Koresh is something like anointed one or something, but whatever. Like, <laughs> right there, man. That is, woo, man. No, now I'm like really thinking all sorts of stuff. Jeez. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of wacky, right? Yeah. Well, and 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 again, if we're gonna do sort of a sort of a comparative study between all these things, like <laughs> this 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 being, this creature, this animal that that we are calling unicorn, it's 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 very strong. It, mm-hmm. it can, very it can strong. Take out a bunch yeah. of people. It, you can ride it into battle. Um, you. Uh, uh, if I remember what you read, like there's a whole thing is like, yeah, and God is as strong as a unicorn. So like, yeah, that's a thing. He had the strength of, a unicorn, strength of a unicorn. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like reading across all these multiple accounts. Yeah. It definitely seems like this thing, like you don't want to run into this thing in a dark alley. Yeah. No, no it'll mess you up, <laughs> it'll man. Mess you up. <laughs> no, which also is making me, think of uh because w- w- when i first saw this i thought it was just like okay whatever one-off weird thing but you will know jonesy as well as i know mm-hmm. there was an episode of regular show that had a bunch of unicorns <laughs> and they were just jerks <laughs> yeah, and now i have an even better appreciation for that because yeah they're 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 strong and they're and they can't be tamed. they're bros yeah like yeah so no the, no yeah that that makes Little did I know that talking about unicorns would make me, would make me love regular show even more. <laughs> I know that we have talked about before it wouldn't be a two wizards podcast if we didn't talk about Lovecraft. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of think we're getting to two hobbits wouldn't be two hobbits without going back to regular yeah, show. Yeah, <laughs> 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 so we have this like fun just dip into Judaism. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to focus on it too much, but so you have an you have another separate society about six hundred years after the fact, if I'm reading my chronology mm-hmm. right. But they have this thing, one horn, super buff, can't tame it, not gonna happen, right? right? And that's all well and good, and I know what you're thinking, but Jonesy, th- those are the Jews, they're in, you know, northern Africa and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they probably uh, got as north as far north into Iran and so mm-hmm. forth, which was Persia. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so let me uh, throw one at you from China. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So about the year 600 common era, this weird chimera mm-hmm. sort of looking beast starts showing up in Chinese art. It has the body of the deer, the head of a lion, green scales. And a long, forwardly curved horn. Mm. The Japanese called this a... So the the Chinese called this the... Kilin? Okay, here's where I get racist because it's a Wikipedia. And I know that every other country pronounces it Kilin. But Wikipedia spells it Kilin. (laughs) So I'm going to do my best. It was called... The the Kilin in Chinese, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And it's now described as the Chinese unicorn. Mm-hmm. In Japan, they called it the Kirin. In Korea, they called it the Kirin. Mm-hmm. In uh, Vietnam, they called it the Kweli. Which, yeah, and it's close. Through, it's, close. It's, all the same, yeah. it's all the same. It's thing. all the same thing. It started popping up in their art about the year 600 Common Era. Mm. Okay. Kind of fun, yeah, right? That is. 
Yeah. But I, I just wanted to, I wanted to note this, but it also talks about how, according to, according to the articles that I was reading, um, that in the Ming dynasty, uh, the Qilin became associated with giraffes. Oh, interesting. So like a big body animal, mm-hmm. uh, it's got, it's got, it's got the split hoof. It's got, I, I could almost see where you would call a giraffe green. And I can also see where you see the weird, like, nub sticking out of its head. Yeah, those are horns. Yeah, yeah. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that, that makes, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, and then finally, with the Chinese, you get a thing called a bow horse. Mm. Which is essentially that same weird type chimera ox, or that's weird, like, ox horse chimera mm. thing. But it has an ox's tail, so, like, long with the floof at the mm-hmm. back. And I even call that a lion's tail, and I'm gonna call that a lion's tail for like points of um, reference later on okay. in the okay. show. Yeah. Yep. Right. So a lion's tail with a single horn, a white body, but allegedly, allegedly, this bow horse could walk on water. Oh wow! Which is, which is fun because this is like, there's also a weird thing that we can get into this probably in a later episode about horses. That live in the water that kill people. Oh yeah, there's oh man, there's a ton. Yeah, like uh, kelpies mm-hmm. and selkies, and uh, especially like in Irish mythology, like they are all about horses that yeah. kill people for fun <laughs> in the water. water. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but then finally, like okay, so China, whatever, it's not a thing. But I've got one more for you that I think might, I think this might pop your lid. This might seal the deal. And not no no. I'm gonna start this number one. No hate to Dan Carlin, but I can't call him mm-hmm. this. Genghis Khan. He says Genghis. It drives me nuts. Don't oh. Uh, Genghis Khan. Or Genghis Khan. He says Genghis, but it drives me yeah. just nuts. Apparently, Genghis Khan. He, you know mm-hmm. him. You mm-hmm. love him. The 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 forebearer of the Mongol Empire that stretched from. China, Mongolia, into Russia, into Europe and France and so mm-hmm. forth. There was one land he didn't conquer, Josho, and do you know what that one was? What is it? It was India. <gasps> and do you know why Genghis Khan? Genghis, what did I, whatever. I forgot what I was <laughs> posturing at. Do you know why Genghis Khan did not conquer India? What? Tell me why. Because according to legends, in 1224, after defeating the Shah of Karazamsaha at Traxonia, and so this is Eastern Iran. Mm-hmm. He was about to mor- march south into Punjab, India, right? Mm-hmm. And he stopped because he met a unicorn and the unicorn talked to him. No way. And the unicorn said, this is my land. I don't want you to come here. So Genghis Khan stopped and retreated. Holy cow. That's awesome. Now. In 1224, it is important to note that in China, in Vietnam, in the Kingdom of Korea, a seal started appearing that was a single horned animal. Mm. And that single horned animal, as you will remember from way, way back in the very beginning, mm-hmm. that that animal in artwork, in, in the little uh, 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 seals, they depicted wealth, they depicted high standing. It was a unicorn. It was a unicorn. And once again, I don't know if this is meta. I, I, I know that Genghis Khan did not meet a unicorn in northern India. But for some reason, he stopped and turned his entire army away from it and did not 
press into India. And after that point, across the entire region, a single horned animal started appearing in seals, and that seal denoted wealth and higher class and prosperity and goodness. And it was the unicorn. And it was a unicorn. I, I, it was a unicorn. There, there has to be something there. Like, there, there's, there's clearly something. something there. Yeah. And so we're moving forward again. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to skip forward a bit. So by medieval times, you can take that as about 10,000-ish. Or not 10,000, Jesus. Uh, 1,000 AD. Uh, stories of the unicorn. They, they just took it as, it was taken for granted. Mm-hmm. Sort of the same way that, like, a bunch of people read, were told the same stories from the same book and go, Oh, yeah, God is real. Now plow my fields, jerkwads. Fine. <laughs> so there was a book called The uh, Physiologus, which was written by an unknown author in the second century uh, common era. Mm. And from there, it started portraying unicorns as holy, mm. which is weird. They made unicorns took a, they made a weird, like, Okay, think about wrestling in the 90s. Edge was the bad guy, then he became the good guy, <laughs> but he slowly became the good guy. Mm-hmm. Unicorns are becoming Edge. Okay. They're not quite doing a heel, uh, a face heel turn, right. but they're starting. starting to. And this is where unicorns are started to be viewed as holy. Mm. Because number one, there is this weird story about a, a, about a virgin girl, and you talked about this, you talked about this oh, earlier, Joshua. Yeah. A virgin girl who is able to tame a unicorn by sitting in the field and it lays its head in her lays lap. Head, yeah, that, that's that's almost exactly what I what, what, what I, yeah. the story that I was thinking of. Okay, right, right. And so this this um and again this was all like super um what do you call that uh, allegorical? Mm-hmm. But it talks about this thing that appears and it appears before a virgin and this unicorn. I don't I don't understand how this works. Because in some of the texts, the woman is like this sort of like wild barbarian, I guess you could call her. Oh, okay. But she's still a virgin. Yeah. And the wild barbarian virgin woman tames the wild barbarian unicorn. Interesting. But they took that to be this weird like symbol of the manifestation of Christ. And even later on, the unicorn itself was started to view, was started to be viewed as a um analog for the uh, passion of the Christ. Whoa. Like the actual suffering of Jesus. And I don't, I, I, I wish I had more time to get into this yeah, one, but man. I, cause I, I couldn't really get into it, but it's weird. This like suddenly this thing that like, we have to murder it to get it. And I guess like, yeah, I guess for yeah. Jesus, like you don't get Jesus's magic until you kill him. Right. Yeah. And then he dies for your sins mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. Jesus is useless till he dies for your sins. I don't know. But oh, man, you you really are. Yeah, it's kind of a fun thing. Yeah, you're 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 making me think things here, Jonesy. This is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird. And throughout, so like, and I'll get into it a, a bit later here. But so number one, a unicorn from here on in. The only before this, the unicorn could only be tamed by killing it. Yeah. And then you could lop off the horn and everything was golden. But now, 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 you can tame unicorns if you have a virgin to do it, right? Yeah. And it's like... And I know... And it's okay, like yeah, yeah. almost the exact opposite. Because, yeah, to, to start, you need, like, a gang of, like, the baddest dudes and all of your weapons. And it's going to be this long, protracted, bloody fight. 
And now it's like the complete, almost the complete opposite of that. It's like, no, just send yeah. one uh, virgin girl out in the field and just chill. Just chill. Like it may take a, it may take a while, but just chill and it'll happen. I, woo, that's making me. Okay, so you want to know something wild? Yeah, let's hear it. Leonardo da Vinci described how to trap a unicorn. <laughs> what was it like? What was it probably like a, like his early flying machine and you kind of like hover over it and then you stop pedaling and it falls down and drops a cage on it. It was not the aerial screw. That's it. Wasn't that. So this is from one of his notebooks. Mm-hmm. The unicorn, those impertinence and not knowing how to control itself. Uh, is that a good Italian accent? I can't tell. I'm appreciating For the it. love it bears to a fair maiden forgets its ferocity in the wilderness. And laying aside all fear, we'll go up to the seated damsel and go sleep in a hair lap. Thus the hunters take it. Right there. Leonardo da Vinci in what I now think might have been a Swedish accent. Yeah, maybe a bit at the tail end there, but still. No, but so even da Vinci talked about hunting a unicorn by trapping it with a virgin. Yeah. There are several gothic tapestry hangings, and I know this sounds stupid, but there are several pieces of art that depict the trapping and capture of a unicorn, and they all talked about how you get a a, a virgin to, I guess, seduce it, to lure it out, whatever you want to call that. Mm -hmm. Entice it? And, yeah, entice it. Entice it. Yeah, good one. Um, so from the unicorn in captivity, it is shown that the unicorn is alive and happy, but is chained to a pomegranate tree surrounded by a fence. And I don't know if you know this, but I have often heard it told that a pomegranate was, in fact, the titular fruit that Eve offered to Adam in the Garden of Eden, not an apple. Yeah, I have heard that claim don't also. Don't know if that... Mm-hmm. I don't know if that tracks with you. I just think it's kind of like a dumb, fun thing. Well, and uh, and then uh, uh, that's also what Persephone eats when uh, she is she is kidnapped and taken to the underworld. Oh yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a lot to kind of dig into with that too. But yeah, so in in the late 15th century, like the idea of unicorns is that they exist. We, we sort of carried this idea from antiquity into now that these are things that exist and they can help us. And now, Josh, I want to talk to you about why unicorns are so important to humans, and it's their horn. Well, and that was even one of the things at the very beginning, right? It's like you don't get this thing to domesticate it. You don't get it to eat its flesh. You get it for its horn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So a unicorn's horn is called... Uh, Al, al, either alicorn or alcorn. I'm not sure how to describe it or how to pronounce mm-hmm. it. But so it is. It so it is a thing that is regarded in European and Asian and Jewish and African and Greek and Roman. It, it's across the board. Yeah. It's a thing that exists. Yeah, it's like the defining. It's given. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing, mm-hmm. and we just take it and accept it. But like everybody takes and accepts it. That's right. what's so weird about right, right, it. Right. And so I and so essentially, at base, um, so it starts with Cassius, uh, mm-hmm. and he said that it just um, it if you powder the unicorn horn, it can cure poison. Right. Cool. Yeah. Next, you get a cat named Claudius Elanius, who said that if you drink from the horn itself, it will protect you from disease and also cure any disease that you have. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And then that splits into this whole weird thing where now everybody is drinking out of unicorn, what they take to be unicorn horns. Yeah. And if we're describing these horns as being three feet long, we got to assume these are like, they're, they're, they're kind of, they're, they're a pretty good size, yeah, right? Yeah. So in um, 1200 something, uh, Hildegard of Bingen maintained that if you made a potion of a unicorn's liver and an egg loaf and it, and an egg loaf, oh my God. A potion of a unicorn's liver and an egg yolk, it could cure leprosy. Hmm. So you have all these weird uses and cures for the unicorn horn. By the fifteenth or by the fifteen hundreds, they were worth more than their weight in gold. Wow. You have stories. Um, the Danish kingdom has a whor- has a throne made entirely out of unicorn horn. Dang. The in- Imperial crown of the Austrian Empire and the scabbard of the hilt of the sword of Charles the Bold is fashioned from a unicorn's horn. Hmm. You can't capture it alive, but you can kill it, yeah. and that's fine because I can cut off its damn horn and make me a sweet sword. <laughs> well, yeah. And by and large, what they were was just narwhal tusks. Yeah, I, I, I um. <laughs> I know that's so disappointing, but it's like all this much ado about nothing over narwhal tooths. Yeah, which tusks. But then again, like narwhals themselves are pretty special, and and I'm sure it takes. I mean, maybe it's not going which into narwhals battle. Narwhals are straight up the unicorns of the yeah, sea. Like, yeah, and, and I'm sure. It's... Hey, here's this thing with a six foot tooth sticking out of its mm-hmm. head. Seriously? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Shut up, Aristotle. You're high. Yeah. I am not. <laughs> Not that you know. Um, <laughs> it's it's the thassel corn. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and, and yeah. it's still like... And it's not at all to diminish the fact that narwhals are, are awesome. And they're narwhal tusks. And even not only are narwhal tusks... Like... They, they, they had all this importance and significance in the middle ages and the into the renaissance and all that but even more recently this was just december 2019 uh okay. darren frost in london stopped a, a terrorist attack with a narwhal tusk did you hear about this <laughs> no this is uh so i this is the story off of the bbc uh, uh, Darren Frost, uh, and a couple of other guys, there was a, there was a, there was a guy who, uh, who was wielding some knives and he was going to go on a rampage and, and, uh, and, uh, stab a bunch of people. But this guy, Darren Frost grabs, grabs a narwhal tusk from Fishmonger's Hall and he like stabs the would-be attacker with this. He like fends him off. He fends him off with the narwhal tusk until. Oh my god! <laughs> un, 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 until like uh, uh, the uh, authorities uh, uh, arrived, and uh, and he uh, <laughs> and and yeah. So so no this guy, kidding. this guy, like from uh, constructing thrones and being uh, scabbards to actually being weapons, like this, like. I, I yeah. think the magic of the narwhal tusk is evidence in this story. And, you know, you're talking about, too, all these stories about unicorns being hard to take down. 
And if we're reading unicorns as narwhals, well, hey, here we go. Here's like recent history, just just two years ago. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, where this guy stopped a stopped a like potentially even worse situation because <laughs> he grabs a narwhal tusk off of a pub somewhere and was like fencing the dude. <laughs> That is wonderful. I'm, I may have to send you the video because it's because it's crazy. It's like oh god, no, please, yeah, because yeah. it's him and two other dudes. Hell, we'll put it. We'll put it up on Instagram. Yeah, yeah it's him and two other dudes um, on um, uh, London Bridge. Is it London Bridge? Yeah, it's even on London Bridge. This guy. Oh my god, because gonna it's gonna cause some chaos, and he grabs a narwhal tusk, and he's like he's like poking him with it. <laughs> Oh shit. So wow, Dar- cool. Darren Frost, if ever you happen to hear this episode, you are <laughs> you are like the the narwhal prince, the unicorn narwhal prince. You you are a friend of two hobbits are, and, and a I reckon to say two wizards. Yes. And and there's yeah, so if ever you find yourselves here in Hobbiton, um first pints on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Anyway, sorry, not to. Okay, so one more point I wanted to make about the horn, yes. and I guess unicorns and their magical ability, um, they can purify water. That I I also with thought, their horn, yeah, right. I thought I heard that too. Again, it goes back to the like removing poison, curing mm-hmm. illness, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, according to the uh, physiologa, according to the physiologus mm-hmm. uh, from the 14th century, it talks about a unicorn purifying a la- uh, a poison lake. Mm-hmm. So here we go. But before they are assembled, the serpent comes and casts his poison into the water. Now the animals mark well the poison and do not dare drink, and they wait for the unicorn. It comes immediately and goes into the lake, making making his horn with the sign of the cross, renders the power of the poisons harmless. All right, fine, whatever, shut up. (laughs) It's dumb. But But. in 1389, Father Johan van Hesse claimed to have seen a unicorn emerging at sunrise to decontaminate the contaminated river water to to decontaminate the river water of the contaminated river Mara mm. so that all the good animals could drink with it i mean cool yeah. good enough but again but again but again you get this weird image of unicorns as uh, as a Christ image that purifies the water, and literally the serpent poisons it, and Christ, the unicorn, the horny guy, comes and makes it clean. It's whatever. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then so finally, oh I um, uh, jumping jumping off of the unicorn, I want to get to the final point of unicorn like I guess iconography. The unicorn is famous in the uh, coat of arms yep. of Scotland. Mm-hmm. And do you know why the unicorn is famous in Scotland, Josh? Uh, well, I, I, well, I knew that it was on the coat of arms, but I guess I don't quite know the story of why it's up there. And I don't know why. I don't know the why of the why, but I know the why of the why. Okay. And that is to say that the unicorn is the natural enemy of lions. And if you go back in your medieval Northern European English history, mm-hmm. you will note that the um, heraldry of England is classically a lion. Yeah. And who do the Scots hate? Well, that's right, Joshua, the English. English yeah, they, they are not. So fans. it's only natural that you would pick the uh, the enemy of yeah. your of your, or I guess I guess the the chief antagonist of your enemies 
chief protagonist. Yeah, if you if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, yeah. if you if I, you know, I'm picking Squirtle to your stupid Charmander. <laughs> you're going down. So. Yeah, and I was gonna. Yeah, if you know your opponent is going to throw paper, then dang it, throw scissors. So if you yeah. know uh, uh, England's gonna gonna play lion, little do they know they they've activated your trap card, and. Here comes the <laughs> unicorn out from the cage, and or, or no, not from the cage, uh, uh, from just purifying some uh, stinky lake water. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> which also, yeah, um, like... yeah, uh, well, and, and even uh, uh, also in some sort of a recent iconography uh, and uh, Pokemon iconography. There's a mm-hmm. well. I guess Ponyta doesn't have it, but Rapidash, what it evolves to. Rapidash is a unicorn that has like flaming hooves and kind of because kind of does that too. Um, but now, mm-hmm. so um, as of the last uh, incarnation of Pokemon, uh, Sword and Shield, which I guess is supposed to be like a, I guess sort of like UK, yeah, England, right. Scotland mm-hmm. theme. Yeah, that's right. You have the uh, Galarian forms of Ponyta and Rapidash, both which have a unicorn's horn. Holy cow! And they both and 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 they always had white bodies yes. in canon, but now mm-hmm. like they have white bodies with like a weird shimmery rainbow mane. Oh, I just looked that up, and I don't like that. Like like the like fire They're, stuff was cool. Oh, dude, Rapidash is dude. Rapidash is so broken. It's great. yeah. <laughs> like in game, it's it's wonderful. It's <laughs> holy crap! You can't get to that stupid forest fast enough. <laughs> And when you do, it's like this weird, ooky, spooky, mystical thing. And then you catch a pony and you're like, oh, my God, what are yeah. you? What did they do to my boy? They massacred my yeah. boy. But, oh, no, they're rapid after. They are grand. No, that, that is awesome. That is awesome. No, I, I was a fan. I was a, Well, it, and also, I, I have to admit, like, my my Pokemon knowledge, it it starts to fade pretty hard after, like, oh, God, even, like, Gen 3? Like once, like mm. once it was like, oh, here's a, here's the paint can Pokemon, and I'm like, what is this even? <laughs> okay, 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 okay. That was Smurgle, and he doesn't count. Shut up. One, no one cares. Once they started to be able to hold <laughs> stuff, like that's when my mind really broke. It's like that was Gen two. No, shut up. Get the net. That okay, was Gen so- two. You can't have your mind broken by Gen two. And and also, not to get too inside baseball here, but I still have a stunky. That's from right, you, yeah. And that stunky came from Gen four. So I think Gen four was the last just, one that I played. Yeah. That was the last good one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> then that makes sense. I think I still without without getting into two hobbits talking yeah. about Pokemon. <laughs> No, that's okay. okay. Okay, so one final note. One final note about unicorns. Yes. And this might be my favorite. Mm. Uh, in in Africa, they also have unicorns, right? Mm-hmm. And specifically, uh, this is the Ethiopian unicorn. And it has not only a horn, but also wings. Oh. Right? Yeah. In some cases, I've, I, in, some, in, some of the, in some depictions I've found, it has horns and wings. But it lives in the mountains of the moon, which is said to be the, um, uh, uh, what do you call that? Headwaters of the Nile River. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so super quick, I want to take this point to take this unicorn ball and pass it to you, Joshua. Because we talked about a horse with a horn, 
But let's really quick talk about a horse with wings. Yes. Because I, I, I do think that unicorns are often mistakenly identified as a Greek myth when the unicorns aren't the myth. The right. unicorns are accepted as natural fact, mm-hmm. but the Greeks do have their own yeah. uh, weird mythological horse. Yeah, yeah so. they, they do. You, if you want to pick that one up. You yeah. are absolutely right, Jonesy. Yeah, I, I think, uh, well, and that's even something that I, um, that it maybe makes the hair on my hobbit toes bristle a little bit because <laughs> oh gross <laughs> so, okay. so, because i i think we have established that uh there are many unicorns and all these sightings everywhere this and this um and uh the the horse with wings pegasus i think there's also this idea that Similarly, there are flocks of Pegasuses or Pegasi or Pegas... Pegasi. Yeah, whatever, however you make that plural. Um, but but no, there's just the one. There's just the one Pegasus, capital P Pegasus. And, Only and one. And he plays a very specific role. And... Um, and, and yeah, I, I guess I, I'd be more than happy to kind of go into that because I, you know, I, I love me some some Greek mythology and uh, yeah, always happy to talk about that. So, oh yeah, let, wh- what is a Pegasus, Joshua? So, where do they come from? Where do they go? Well, well he, what he are they or it, because again, it's just the one. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so, so yeah, uh, 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 Pegasus comes to us pretty much from two sources from two stories uh, okay. and, and, and kind of like what you did uh, going through chronological order um, I think I think I'll go through chronological order too so one of the first maybe even the first I, I'd have to double check this um, um, source that we have of Pegasus uh, comes from uh, probably the Greek poet who is second only to Homer uh, and this guy is named uh, uh, Hesiod or Hesiod, uh, sometimes, um, and so yeah, like Homer. Can I can I be yes, a dick? Yes, let's do it. Hesiod. Yeah. Okay, no, because like I've never heard the two you said, but I've heard Hesiod. Yeah, so. Hesiod. Yeah, yeah. that's and again, I, I again, that's like the I guess you call it the like unwashed masses translation. Well, it's. Reading the 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 unwashed masses reading therein. I don't know. I've always heard Hesiod, but yeah, yeah sorry, sorry, sorry. I've heard Hesiod, but that always rubs me the wrong way because just, just because it's an Ada doesn't mean you pronounce it like an I. Um, <laughs> uh, but but yeah. So 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 anyway. So uh, if Homer was an individual person, uh, there's kind of the same question about this guy uh, Hesiod. Um, and like, because his name literally means like the one who emits the voice. And that's kind of a weird name to give just your newborn. Um, but anyway. It's kind of fun. Yeah, but. but no, it was a loud baby. It came out as like, mama. mama. Ooh. <laughs> anyway. Philosophized. <laughs> and so, and so, yeah, so. So, uh, whereas Homer was doing a lot of the, you know, the epic poetry, the Iliad and the Odyssey, well, Hesiod did a different type of poetry. And uh, one of his very famous works is called the Theogony. And um, what this is, is it's a, collect- it, it, it's, it's a collection of poems 
that um, talk about like like the birth of the gods. That's that's pretty much what theogony translates okay. to. Um, and, and and there's all sorts like of like the 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 genesis of yeah Greek understanding. Yeah, right. Okay. Genesis itself also being a Greek word. And yes, I'm this annoying at dinner parties. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know I've been to parties with you, and I get I get horned up for it. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. So this is like <laughs> I'm into it, but yeah. So so this is like the 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 birth of the gods, the genealogy of the gods, the theogony, but not just the gods. <clears throat> Excuse me. Also, like the Titans and uh, uh, the other sort of forces. But anyway, so um, Hesiod is around the same time as Homer. So this is roughly like the 8th century uh, BCE, like the 700s BCE. Uh, And so in the Theogony, we get the story of uh, how Pegasus, how Pegasus uh, came came to be. Okay. And this is going to seem kind of weird, but in order to tell the story of how we get Pegasus, I actually have to tell the story of how we get a different uh, 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 mythological creature, and that's the Medusa. The Gorgon. Medusa the Gorgon. And so I'm going to tell the story of how we got Medusa to tell Pegasus, and how that works will become uh, evidently clear momentarily. Okay. So this is the Theogony, and I'll read a little bit of it. It says, to Forcus, who is another kind of um, early kind of supernatural deity, Quito, uh, 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 who's another one, bore old women fair of cheek, white-haired from birth, the immortal gods and men who walked on earth, who we call them the old women, fair-robed <laughs> uh, Pemphedro and saffron-robed Enio. And she bore the Gorgons who lived beyond famed Oceanus at the world's edge hard by night, where the clear-voiced, where the clear-voiced Hesperides are, Stheno, Eurali, and Medusa, who suffered a grim fate. So those are the three Gorgons, Stheno, Eurali, okay. and Medusa. Okay. Uh, she, meaning Medusa, was mortal, but the other two immortal and ageless. And with her god of the sable locks lay in a soft meadow among the spring flowers. And when Perseus, who's this really famous uh, Greek hero in mythology, Perseus cut off her head from her neck, again, still Medusa, because she's the mortal one. And when Perseus right. cut off her head from her neck, out sprang great Chrysiar and the horse Pegasus. Okay. And so uh, Medusa was one of the Gorgons, and these are these like really vile uh, uh, feminine creatures. They they have the snakes in their hair. Um, they they are able to turn people to stone just at looking at them. And Perseus was tasked to kill Medusa, which he did. And as mm-hmm. he chopped off her head, out from the neck sprang uh, Pegasus, and and Pegasus being the winged horse, but also this other character, Chryseor, which. Um, so, 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 Mark, uh, if you think like, oh, oh, okay, like Medusa getting killed made this winged horse and this other uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, figure, Chrysior, what would you imagine that is, Chrysior? I, well, see, you're blowing my mind right now because I was always, I always understood that um, Pegasus came from Medusa's blood. Hitting sea foam. Well, there, there there is another. Yeah, 
we can also out get of that, that sea foam spraying and spraying peg. Sorry, you you kind of tripped me there. Well, and and, and okay, so also. Christy Orr. So you got okay. So you got you got Pegasus or Pegasus. Pegasus. Jesus. <laughs> uh, you got Pegasus, uh, the winged horse. Mm-hmm. So Christy Orr, I got to assume is like, I don't know, a pig with a sword. <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's sword pig. Go. It is I cho- sword pig. I choose you. It is funny. So uh, his name, if you break down his name, uh, Creus means golden. Uh, okay. And Aor is sword. Oh, okay, cool. So he's just like a dude with a golden sword, and he's Pegasus's brother. <laughs> okay, but wasn't did. Didn't Perseus have a golden sword too, or no? Or am I just no? He had some stuff together. Uh, Perseus, he so in order to defeat Medusa, he got uh, he got a couple of gifts from the gods. He got the wing sandals from Hermes, and he yes. got uh, the the cap from Hades that turned him in invisible, and then he got right. and then he got a special bag from Athena to put her head to put Medusa's head in. Um, yeah, he got the bag of holding. Right? Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. But but as far as I know, I think he just had a regular bronze uh, uh, sword. Did um, did he have something special too? No, Jason had the fleece. Never mind. Jason sorry, had the sorry, golden sorry. fleece. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Um. So so yeah. I just, okay. Okay. So so golden sword lad. So I just I just gold sword lad. I just love the fact that here's this guy, and a. And a mortal, right? Like he's like I don't think he's a god or anything, but like his brother is a winged horse, and like that's pretty neat. It it is really neat, and like maybe I'm playing a little too like modern into it, um, <laughs> but like man, could you it, it imagine like the like sibling rivalry there? And it's like oh look at you, Mister Fancy Golden Sword, while your brother is the winged horse and flies around. It's like, Mom, I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> yes. As a half Greek, I can definitely understand that one. <laughs> Good Lord. That that's that familial guilt yeah. is a thing. Oh, oh my god. Oh, look at you with your golden sword. Have you killed anybody with it yet? Well, your brother, he just he just flew around and he helped what and we'll get to that part of the story too. Um <laughs> Oh, look at you. Your brother just... He, your brother called me today. When's the last time you called me? Your brother flew over here and he ate some apples and we had a great had a great time. It's like, yeah, Mom, he's a flying horse. I have to walk. Give me a break. Shut up, Mom. <laughs> your brother has a girlfriend. She's wonderful. Shut up, Mom. I don't... Oh, God, I, I screwed up. Shut up, Mom. I'm not dating Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> Because she's a horse. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, but but I also Matthew. have heard. Uh, so 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 going back to uh, 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 going back to uh, the theogony here, Hesiod or Hesiod, whatever it is, whatever his name is, Hesiod. Hesiodos. Uh, he he says that uh, Pegasus. Again, going with the worst pronunciations yeah. in this episode. Yeah, we're we're just doing it. Uh, he yeah. gives. The uh, an etymology for Pegasus uh, for for his name, and he says okay. Pegasus was so named because he was born beside the waters of, of Oceanus, uh, 
while the other was born with a golden sword in his hand. So apparently there's there was like a little stream, there's like a little babbling brook that was called the Pegay. And so Pegasus was like, oh, the person or the oh, thing okay. from... okay, the thing out of Pegay. Yeah, out of the Pegay-like okay. stream or whatever. And, and then, yeah, we, are, we also talked about uh, Chryseor with his, with his golden sword. Uh, and, it's so, okay. and so uh, Pegasus flew away and left the earth, the mother of flocks, and came to the immortals. And he lives in Zeus's palace, bringing thunder and lightning for Zeus the resourceful. Okay, but wait, was that uh, Aquila that brought him thunder? Bolts, right so there's also Aquila? a couple sorry again i know i'm butchering pronunciations yeah but... yeah the, uh, sorry 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 i'm being a jerk no no, no. <laughs> not at all and this is this is both the, the the kind of fun part but also the very confusing part about greek mythology is there are semi-conflicting stories all of the time and and like you're talking about too like like even just like well i thought pegasus was born out of her blood mixing with this stuff well and even medusa she has another okay yeah so no blood okay yeah so okay so poseidon made all horses right Mm -hmm. i'm going to return to this idea of poseidon and creating horses in a bit because we're going to come to to that but the other really important thing to know about uh uh, pegasus was, was he played an important part for another greek hero named bellerophon um yes and so a little bit later in fact, just a couple lines later in the Theogony, uh, the story continues. So um, there's this other creature called Echidna, and she's like a mother to a bunch of monsters. And uh, one of the monsters that Echidna makes, and I'm picking it back up here, uh, but she bore Chimera, who breathed invincible fire, a terrible great creature, swift-footed and strong. She had three heads, one of a fierce lion, one of a she-goat, and one of a powerful serpent, but she was killed by noble Bellerophon with Pegasus. And so this, hmm. and, and so it doesn't go into the, the details, at least in the Theogony, but one of the stories that I heard about how Bellerophon and Pegasus uh, killed the Chimera was, yeah, like uh, had an impenetrable hide and breathed fire and oh no, what do? Um, but what Bellerophon was able to do... <laughs> was he uh, found like a lance and then he tied a piece of lead, like a big hunk of lead to the tip of the lance. And with uh, the agility afforded from flying on Pegasus, uh, sort of of dangled the the lead in front of the chimera, breathing fire, and the fire melted the lead, went down the chimera's gullet, and um, like immediately died of lead poisoning because that's how that works. Um, I always hate how the Greeks have to get so sneaky with their solutions. They, they do. Like, they do like have to Oedipus get sneaky, sneaky. and the Sphinx are like, ah, uh, Heracles like throwing cancer at the Hydra to kill it. It's like, shut yeah. up. Just, <laughs> just maybe kill. Just, yeah. And then he pulled out his lock and like plugged it in the head. Oh, good. Good, good. That was the end of the Persian invasion. Yeah. Well done. And so that was that. And so that I know was guns weren't a thing, whatever, but yeah. yeah. And so um, at least then what happens to Pegasus, um, now I'm going to turn to a, a different sort of version of all these books. And this is, and I've mentioned this all, all the way back in episode three. Um, this is the Dalary's book of Greek myths. And so uh, uh, Bellerophon kills the Chimera and uh, the people of Lycia uh, who had been hiding in fear behind bolted doors now dared to come out, and the king of the country was so thankful that he gave Bellerophon the hand of his daughter. When the old king died, Bellerophon inherited the kingdom. 
He became a great king, loved by his people, feared by his neighbors, and all the monsters lurking by. But his fame went to his head, hubris. And at last, he tried to enter Olympus itself. There, pride took... Really? Yeah. He... Sorry, sorry, go, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so uh, he... That's cool, sorry, yeah. He, he held himself uh, equal to, to Zeus. He soared ever higher on his flying horse, and at last he tried to enter Olympus. There, pride took a spill. Pegasus threw him, and Bellerophon fell to earth, landing in thistlethorns in a distant country. Torn and lame, he wandered about as an unknown beggar until he died. Pegasus entered Olympus alone, and Zeus made him the handsome winged horse, the carrier of his thunderbolts. Um, it's also... No shit. Yeah, there's also a... Sorry, uh, no, that I, I've never heard that. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And then finally, uh, as you also may know, there is actually a, a, a constellation of Pegasus in the night sky. Yes. And so that's also sometimes what is said, is, is after... Bellerophon uh, thought too big of himself and uh, and had his hubris in his fall. Um, he did his thing, but then Pegasus um, got got put up into the sky as a constellation. And um, for us here in the northern hemisphere, we can best see the uh, constellation of Pegasus in September or October. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and so you can so you can. Uh, uh, take a look at that. Take a look at that too. I'll be dipped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neat. Okay, so like, and again, maybe not to derail this into our two-hour-long podcast right. now, but um, that is that not the story of Icarus? He he got too big for his britches yeah. and fell to earth. Very similar story. Yeah. Very very similar. God, story. the Greek God. God, Greeks are just, they're just so mean. Like, yeah. Don't don't get good at stuff. You'll die. Don't don't be passable at stuff. You'll die. <laughs> don't don't do anything. Yeah, you, you you're gonna die. It's gonna be bad too, buddy. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it huh. is. It's like, yeah, just be careful not to think think too bigly there, and then otherwise, I think I, I think it'll be okay. But um, huh, that's fun. Yeah. Well, and then also, I yeah. just wanted to return quickly um, to something that you did say earlier about like like Poseidon being the 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 deity who invented horses and this is unfortunately a must a, a much sadder tale um about medusa at least okay. because you know the at, at least in a, a hesiod's theogony um he says that medusa was just kind of created as a gorgon and that's and that's that um but there's another version of the tale that comes a little bit later that is, yeah, much sadder, but also maybe, um, I don't know, maybe casts a little more light on how Medusa sort of, in a weird way, gave birth to Pegasus. Um, and this is from the Metamorphoses of Ovid, or Ovid, I guess, in the like more classical Latin pronunciation. Okay, so... In um, in uh, Ovid's Metamorphoses, which is again a whole bunch of poems talking about like transformations. Um, that's okay. that's pretty much what metamorphosis in Greek. If you Latinize and England and Englishize that, it turns to transformations. So at least as Ovid has it, um, Men, uh, Medusa started off not as like this monster, um, but she was a priestess in 
a temple to Athena. Yeah. And she was yeah. just yeah, okay. minding her business one day and not, I don't even necessarily doing anything to anybody, um, but uh, uh, Poseidon, the sea god, caught a, caught a glimpse of her and was overcome with uh, uh, his passion and he, uh, shall we say, um, forces himself on this human priestess Medusa. He rocks a bit of a Zeus. He and, yeah, rocks okay. a bit of a Zeus. He rocks a bit, bit of a Zeus, uh, and then has has his way, and then uh, uh, nope's out of there. Well, yeah, y- you would think that Athena um, would would have like some some. Uh, some compassion for this priestess who had this terrible thing happen to her. Uh, but, but no, Athena was super mad that Medusa let this happen in Athena's temple. And so mm-hmm. as a result, she transforms Medusa into uh, uh, this Gorgon, this Gorgon thing. Um, and then like the story kind of plays out as before that Perseus comes along. But like it wasn't punishment, right? Yeah. It was like, it was like, how dare you yeah. even do this thing in my temple? And Medusa's like, okay, I but wasn't even asking like for from this. like a cla- even from like a modern perspective, like okay, so a girl gets raped, and now the biggest thing is like she's unattractive and her gaze can turn men to stone. Mm-hmm. She just hates men, like yeah. And s- it's any girl on the bus that's like not having any of your shit ever. I don't know. I, yeah. Well, and, and so then not to not to come not to come down too hard on that side of it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so then, like the story kind of plays out as it was in the Theogony. Perseus comes along and and cuts her head off, and then out springs uh, Pegasus. And some and some people kind of interpret that like, oh well, maybe uh, Medusa was impregnated by Poseidon. But because she was transformed into a Gorgon and, and couldn't have a regular birth, here, like, uh, Pegasus kind of, like, grew and was just inside here for, for however long. Um, and then finally, once her head was, cop- was cut off, was chopped off, uh, that's when the Pegasus could, like, have, like, the most gruesome C-section birth ever. <laughs> but so then... I, I, forget the, I forget the name you gave, but so Golden Sword didn't pop well, out. In, and, in that legend, well, right? He he also did in uh okay. in the Metamorphosis. So that in that in that version he did too. Yeah. So that does maybe okay. complicate that hypothesis a little bit. But then again, it's well, like Well, no, I I was just kind of curious cuz Yeah. Okay. Um yeah. Well, no, but then even then like cuz like like I said I earlier, I always understood the uh uh Pegasus Pegasus uh spring he uh, Pegasus appeared when um, the head was cut off of Medusa and her blood hit uh, water. Mm. And then like the water and sea foam combined. And that's where Pegasus came from. And I guess maybe me being the dirty hobbit that I am, I took sea foam to be like, Oh yeah, it's semen. Like, <laughs> well, there is, I don't know. I, yeah. Well, th- there, there is an established, uh, th- th- there is precedence uh, from someone being born, of the mixture of some sort of bodily fluid and sea foam, um, well, and even specific, ah, is it is it blood or is it semen? Because when Zeus kills Kronos, uh, his father, 
yeah. some fluid or another mixes with the sea foam, and that's how Aphrodite is born. Um, and so there, I thought Aphrodite. No, no, Athena shot out of his out of his neck. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. And, and then Athena yeah. was born because uh, Zeus knocked up one of the. Uh, I think she was a Titan, if I remember right, uh, uh, Metis. But before, yeah. But before yeah, Hera could yeah, find that out, was, that was Athena's mom, right? Yes, and before Hera yeah. could find out, he gobbled up uh, Matus, and she was like content just to hang out, and she hung out in his in his head there because Metis means something. Okay, so right there, dude, we we need to do a we need to do a Greek mythology episode because like oh, okay, number one, Cronos uh, ate all of his children yep. to. Uh, avoid prophecy and then now Zeus is eating his kids it's well because a similar prophecy was laid against him too so yeah oh oh Jonesy we could do hour after hour after like if we're already at the what two hour yeah just about the two hour mark here yeah two hours man we would have to have we'd have to I don't I don't mean to detract I just it's weird comparing notes from like what I was told versus like well what you've got mm -hmm. I don't know it's well it's I don't know interesting I guess at best you know yeah and and it is that thing that that I that I mentioned a a, a bit ago too it's like yeah it, it is just like more or less the same story arc but just maybe some of the details are a little bit different or um uh maybe the order of events gets gets mixed up a little bit um but yeah, and that and that is both the fun part about mythology because it is it's it's the whole idea of people saying like, well, no, that's not how I heard it. I heard it this way, and then it's like, oh, cool, another story around the campfire. Um, but yeah. then yeah, if you the, and if you approach it that way, it's awesome. But if you approach it in the way of like, no, there there's one official story, and we have to find out what that is, and all the other ones are wrong. Well, you're just no. It's not. They're all. They're all yeah, right, but they're all wrong. The but they're all right and wrong together simultaneously, right. and that's exactly okay. Exactly. Anyway, so okay, so we 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 got off base. I have one more point to make to you, Josh. Oh, I want to, Josh. Oh, sorry. Oh. I want to talk about unicorns in popular culture, mm-hmm. right? They exist now today as this like weird icon of purity, morality, and so mm-hmm. forth. But I have one final mind-breaking thing for you. Oh, boy. And that is my favorite instance of unicorns in popular mythology, culture, whatever you want to call it. And that is Charlie the Unicorn. (laughs) Charlie. A video that is now 14 years old. Oh, man. A video that is now in ninth grade. It is. Charlie. Charlie. We have to go to Candy Mountain, Charlie. We're on a bridge tra- uh, what what are you doing here? Oh. <laughs> oh my god, what is that? It's a Leo Plurodon, Charlie. A magical, magical Leo, Leo Plurodon. Plurodon, Charlie. Yay! Charlie. I just Charlie. Charlie. <laughs> I couldn't find a good segue. Charlie. I'm right but I here. wanted you what to think you about that Charlie the Unicorn was 14 years old. I wanted you oh to consider god. that fact. There was. Charlie. I'm right here. What do you want? We're on a bridge, Charlie. X Orient Lux Banana. Dun, dun, a video dun, 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 that dun, I bet dun. you no one has seen except for you and I. Yeah, no, no probably. You kids want to go dig? Go look up Charlie the Unicorn Film Cow. Get after oh, it. Oh, when you're down and need to up some cheering up, well, just head right on up to the County Mountain Cave. Yeah, to the Plague County Mountain Cave. I, I still, yeah, I. 
So two things are spring. And to now mind. please, Charlie, would you go into the cape? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, what the hell was that? Ah, they stole my freaking kidney. <laughs> I wanna so there are at least two, maybe three things that, that I want to go into right now. <laughs> yeah. No, do it. Cause I want to close oh, okay. out because no, okay. like oh, perfect. unicorns are heavy, they're weird, they're stupid. Yeah. I don't know. They're 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 rhinos, Josh, yeah. I guess. And 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 Pegasus. Pegasi, Pegasi, whatever. Just the one. They're they're like a metaphor for like shut up and take your, take your take take whatever hand you're dealt in life. I guess. Yeah. That's what every ancient Greek story is. They shut yeah, the hell up. Much. And if you try to change it, we're gonna get even madder at yeah. you for yeah, it. Yeah. Looking at you, Oedipus. <laughs> but like, yeah, Charlotte Unicorn, dude. Like, yeah. and 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 Charlotte Unicorn, and 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 about the same time, Robot Unicorn Attack, Robot unicorn a wonderful attack? game on Adult Swim. But one final point mm-hmm. before we get to Charlie the Unicorn, we 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 do have we do have an occurrence of unicorns in in our current timeline, okay? Mm. And I mentioned this earlier. I mentioned this a couple hours ago because it's been a minute now. <laughs> but 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 in uh, 2012, the uh, North Korean news agency announced that they discovered the lair of the unicorn. You might remember that I talked about it. Uh, the King Dong Myong, this unicorn where he lived, uh, that he rode into into Korea and unified all the provinces. Well, boy, Joshua, let me tell you, in North Korea, they found it. And you know how they found it? Because it was marked with a stone stele that said, here lies the lair of the unicorn. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, yeah, I'm pretty sure I remember that being, remember that being a thing. I do too. <laughs> Well, yeah. There's just three things. So now, so now we have Charlie the unicorn and the the Korean unicorn. Oh, that's that so good. It's propaganda. What? But, but but to that to me is just it's silly because they're just like North Korea started like, oh, we had a unicorn wrong ago. Oh my god, I can't do that. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, North Korea is just like, oh yeah, we already had the unicorn. You idiots. Here it yeah. is. Don't it look forever. too much into it, yeah. idiots. But yeah. yeah. What? Well, yeah. There were just going to be three three things that I was going to going to address quickly. Um, n- yeah. Number one, um, showing my youngest sister, who is well into college now, all of the videos that I watched when I was in college. It's a, it's an incredible way to, um, I guess, it's its own magic. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say like it, it's an incredible way to um, keep the old magic alive, as it were, and. Um, Yes. So that was one. Number two, if you subtract 14 from 2021, you get the year 2007. And there's an article, I bet you could Google it and find it, but there's an article that is arguing that the best year for the internet was 2007. And I think just even further evidence of that is that's the year that Charlie <laughs> the Unicorn came out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, agreed. And then... Okay, next. And, next. And then the third and final piece, and I don't even know if this will necessarily get us to an ending or not. Um, this will also be a bit of a flashback way, way, way to our third episode where yeah. I got on my high horse, or maybe even you could say I got on my Pegasus and talked about how crappy the Disney's Hercules movie was. And it's oh, and one yeah. of the reasons being was that it teamed up Hercules which even isn't even his Greek name, it's Heracles, but it teamed up Hercules with Pegasus. And it's like, no, they don't go together. Pegasus was with, was with Bellerophon. 
Hercules had his nephew drive a chariot for him. So make that movie. Okay, but so like in it. context, that would be like the idea that like George Washington drove his Camaro to shoot King George in the face, right? Yeah, like yeah, it, it would be it's that. Just bad. so it would be that level. It's just so so like hodgepodge of ideas. Yeah, or even like um, or yeah, like George Washington um, uh, uses the good luck dragon to cross the Delaware River. <laughs> You ever seen a good luck dragon, George? I I cannot tell a lie. I have not. I've only seen five. Anyway, okay, all right. Anyway, so yes, this was... Unicorns, Joshua, where are you falling? I... Like, okay, very clearly, duh, they're not real. Yeah, they're rhinos, but... I don't know. Maybe well, there's a thing, but it there. also depends like, on what you mean by real, because this weird because idea of on like the coat of a arms. pure horse thing. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, but but I I also think it clearly depends on what you mean by real, because they're on the coat of arms. We have scabbards made out of. Yeah, in Scotland, it's a big damn deal. Yeah, so yeah. so they they exist. You Charlie the Unicorn. Char- Charlie I have the unicorn? a patch sewn onto my denim jacket from college. Yeah. So okay, there so, yeah, you go. They, that's the thing. They, they exist. You may not be able to like see a flesh and blood one, and even then, if you did, you, you don't want to eat the meat. But yeah, unicorns still exist. There's only one Pegasus, and this was a delightful return to two hobbits. I I, I just feel so mellow and calm yeah. and tranquil, <laughs> even though like unicorns are jerks. They I think jerks. we can call it like the regular show unicorns. But, okay, but also what? But also what? Wild animal isn't a jerk, True. but whatever. Like yeah. unicorns are jerks. Like, and I get it. If your horn is magic, you should be. But and be cool. But and who? I don't know. And who knew how closely regular show would get unicorns in the modern like? Uh, you and I lived through Simpsons. Did it? Now we get to experience regular show. Saw it. Regular show. Saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, Jonesy, this has been an absolute treat, and um, yeah, uh, it's a nice return to form, a nice indeed. getting back to our hobbity roots. Indeed. And listeners, yeah, if if it let yeah, and let us know your experiences with unicorns. Do you have have you seen have one? you seen one? Do you have a unicorn tattoo? Uh, take a picture and send it to us. And where would they be able to send that picture of their unicorn tattoo, Jonesy? Oh, they could send it to uh, Two Wizards Pod C1. They could slip into our DMs on Twitter. They could send it to Two Wizards Podcast at gmail.com. And I don't think Instagram has a um, DM function. I'm bad at Instagram, but there's Two Wizards uh, Podcast on Instagram.com or Instagram, whatever the hell it is. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Great Greek Buffalo and also on Twitter at uh, what's my name on Twitter, Josh? Uh, you are <laughs> uh, Marky, Marky Stardust. Stardust. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, and the good listeners can find me on Twitter at Plaid Barbarian. And this was this was a yeah. great this was a great episode. And yeah, I feel very very glad ending it. Yes. So I I think this is a good place to call it. So for two hobbits. My name is Jonesy, and I've been a hobbit. And I'm Joshua, and I've been a hobbit. Take care, everyone. Have a magical evening. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
And here I go butchering yet another name. There was a guy named, it was a merchant named Cosmos. Oh, fuck me. I'll cut that out. Sorry. (laughs) We are both doing really good about pairing. No, yeah, yeah. 40 40 minutes in, no swears yet. Um, I'll cut that one out. So. Uh, there was a there was a merchant mm-hmm. named Cosmic Cosmos. Okay, let's try again. Cosmos. God damn it! Cosmos of Aetolia. In no 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 Indisopletius in in Indicapletius Indicapletius. Oh oh wow, yeah. Indica- Cosmos and Decapladius. Yeah, perfect. It's it's that last name, and I just wrote it as Cosmos in your uh, thing. Yeah. Cosmos. Indicoplaustes? Uh, P-L-E-U-S-T-E-S? Yeah, Plaustes. Indicoplaustes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Plaustes. Okay, okay, let's try again. 